Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Oh, what an exciting time of the year. Are you starting to feel it? Can you feel it yet? I am, uh, I stand in agreement with the, the great Andy Williams and I say it is the most wonderful time of the year. I am among those that uh, the thoughts that are invoked by this holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas holiday season just thrills my heart and the truth of the matter is that I'm just a kid at heart when it comes to these things, okay? I'm just a big kid. I, I love to go to the stores after they've put out all the decorations. I love to watch the Christmas specials on TV. I love to talk to little kids after service today. I'm going to hit me up some little kids out in the foyer. And I love to talk to those little kids who are just so riddled with anticipation that they can hardly contain themselves. How I many of you know those kids? You, how many of you were one of those kids at one point in your life? Yeah, that, there we go. All right. All right. I, I love to talk to them and just see the excitement and the anticipation on their little faces and, and the twinkle in their eyes. I love the closeness and the strengthening of family ties that occur, especially uh, around this time of the year. And maybe you are one of those humbugs that likes to go sit at home in your house, but I love to get out in the hustle and bustle. Sometimes, I want to tell you something, sometimes I go shopping on Christmas Eve just for the fun of it, okay? Maybe that makes me a little nutty, that's okay. But I love to be where people are. Okay, so the crowd doesn't bother me. I, I, I love the hustle and the bustle of the season, and I especially like it when it's cold. How many of you like a cold Christmas? Yeah, it's the way it ought to be. And to be quite honest, I too am dreaming of a white Christmas. Okay, just I'm going to put that out there. Charlene, I saw you post the other day. You, you're, there, you're right there with me. I, I got you. So, now, here's the thing. You're, you're listening now, you're listening to this guy, and you're thinking, man, this guy's got it bad. Well, let me tell you about my wife. Okay? If you're listening to me today and you're thinking, man, this guy has got it bad, he really likes Christmas, then you've got to understand a big factor in my attitude towards Christmas uh, is due in large part to my proximity and my relationship to my wife. Uh, uh, if you've ever heard that song, Christmas Shoes, how many of you ever heard Christmas Shoes? And that little boy says that mama made Christmas good at our house. I can tell you that's the mantra of the Evans household, that mama makes Christmas good at our house. Uh, she is the epitome of Christmas spirit. And every year, every year about, well, it's kind of like, like the Christmas decorations at Walmart. It keeps coming out earlier and earlier and earlier every year. You know, it's like you go, you go into Walmart in the middle of August and you're looking for some uh, trimmer line for your weed eater and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, we've already put that seasonal stuff away. We've got the Christmas decorations out now, right? So, but, but every year about mid-early October, we begin the spirited debate in our house as to whether or not it's time yet or if it's an appropriate time, I should say, to begin listening to Christmas music, okay? So now, uh, I've got to tell you right now, it's December 3rd. 
I am already so jacked up on Christmas music and Christmas spirit that it's going to be hard for you to leave today and not feel like going home and baking some cookies or something. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just oozing, okay? All right, so, so now I'm going to apologize for what I'm about to do to you, okay? How many of you have ever heard a song and it gets stuck in your head and it's on replay and repeat and you can't cut it off regardless of what you do right it's just stuck in there so I'm just gonna no 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 I'm not gonna say anything about wanting a hippopotamus for Christmas okay but you're welcome for that also okay but I was listening, and I'm going to share with you a song here in just a minute. If you've ever heard it, it's going to be one of those things that the chorus of it gets stuck in your head today, and you're going to be walking around the house kind of hum, hum, mumbling it under your breath a little bit. But I was listening to some of these wonderful Christmas songs the other day, and I was confronted with a question. And that question was, as I was listening to this beloved Christmas song, do they know it's Christmas time at all? Do they know it's Christmas time at all was the question that the songwriter posed. Now, understand this, that those of whom he's inquiring, sure, they're cognizant of the dates on the calendar. They're aware that Santa maybe is in the shopping malls. But do they know that it's Christmas time? Do they know the true heart and the spirit of it? It was 1984. That was the year when a couple of guys got together 33 years ago and they decided that what they would do is that they would assemble a group of the most recognizable voices in the world at that time and they were going to record a song with the aim to call attention to the terrible famine that was being experienced in the African nation of Ethiopia and the message of that song was to the American audience was that here we are and we're enjoying everything that we've come to know and appreciate as being Christmas. I mean, the big turkey on the table, the ham, all the presents and all of the trappings and things that are Christmas, cookies till you're sick to death of eating cookies and, and pie and, and all those things, you know. This is what we think about when we... How many of you are, think, are with me? You know we think about those kind of things at Christmas. We, we think about an abundance and an extra helping of whatever it was we're used to through the year. But the question was, here we are enjoying this as a season ourselves, but do those poor starving people around the globe even know that it's Christmas time at all? You see, they're not so much worried about what's going to be under the tree tomorrow because they're far too concerned about what's going to be if there's going to be anything on their plate today. So I began to think about that song and, and the question that it poses and I wondered not 33 years ago and not in a foreign land but with regard to our neighbors and people that live right around us as we are approaching the holiday season and we're giving thanks to God that unto us a child has been born and a son has been given are there those around us who don't even know that it's Christmas time do they know it's Christmas time at all and you say well pastor obviously they know it's I know I'm saying to you I know they're cognizant of the date on the calendar and certainly they're aware of the secular ideal the commercial ideal of what Christmas means 
but do they know the reason for the season? So what does Christmas time really mean? And the reply to that question would depend on who you'd ask. For some, it means presents and parties and all the pleasantries that we've come to associate with the season. For some, it's simply a day of peace on earth and goodwill towards men, but not in a spiritual sense, just in a, a, a humanistic sense. For some, it means absolutely nothing. It's just a fun time for the kids and a few days out of school and a couple of days off work. For some, still, it's a day that's held in utter disdain. They just don't like our Christmas at all. Just a few weeks ago, I saw a, a video playing of an Islamic teacher, and he was teaching people, and he was saying to them that the absolute very worst thing that he felt like you could do to anybody would be to wish them a Merry Christmas. He went on to say that he, he in his opinion, to tell somebody Merry Christmas was worse than fornication, it was worse than drinking alcohol, and it was, yes, even worse than killing someone to wish someone else a Merry Christmas. A couple of years ago, there was also a billboard that had been sponsored by an atheist group. And on that billboard, there was a picture of a little girl and she was writing her letter to Santa. And the caption on that billboard said these words. It said, Dear Santa, all I want for Christmas this year is to not go to church. I'm too old to believe in fairy tales. And then, of course, annually the great debate in our society arouses itself and we, we are confronted with this all over again and that is whether or not it's going to be permissible for corporate employees to say Merry Christmas or not. But the greatest definition, and I'm thinking here, I'm thinking back in my mind to Jesus' conversation with his disciples when he approached them and said, Who do men say that I am? And they started and they said, oh, some say that you're Elijah the prophet. Some say that you're the reincarnation of this one. And some say that you're that thing. And then Jesus stops them there and he says, but who do you say that I am? And then Peter so boldly defined for Jesus who the Lord had, who God had revealed to him that he was. And I believe here we've got to do the same thing. We can't look to society. We can't look to mankind and say, who, who do they say or what do they say Christmas is? We've got to look back to the revelation of God again and find out what it is. And I believe that the greatest definition of what Christmas means is found in the angelic announcement to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11 on a starry night so many years ago. When the angels appeared there to the shepherds who were keeping watch over their flocks by night, and the word says that, that the angels proclaimed to them and said, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. A Savior was born. Not just a child. Not just something of immaculate conception. But a Savior was born. A Savior 
was born. The announcement of that first Christmas day was the fact that that very day salvation was born into the world. It was the fulfillment of the prophet who said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. This is what happened one starry night in a little town called Bethlehem. That's what we're celebrating, church. When we celebrate Christmas, we're celebrating that hope was born, that a Savior was born to redeem his people from their sins. A Savior was born. Now, It's an amazing thought today that there are so many around us who don't embrace the true meaning of Christmas. For those in our world today that don't recognize or don't understand the true meaning and the significance of Christmas, they're not alone because down through the ages, hidden in plain sight for so many has been the fact that the Son of God has been born to save us from our sins. For centuries, a miracle had been foretold by the prophets of God. A miracle that one day the atonement and deliverance for sins would no longer come through the sacrificial system. No, no longer would the blood of bulls, goats, and rams be necessary for the forgiveness of our sins. But that one day that the Lamb of God would appear and during the course of His work here on earth, He would offer Himself the supreme sacrifice, not simply to cover up, but to take away the sin of the world. And we spend, as we spend the next couple of weeks recounting the birth of our Lord, you may note that we spend the most of our time focusing on the activity of a slim minority. Sure, there were shepherds to whom the angels appeared. And there were magi who saw his star and they came to worship him. And while these two people groups are very significant, the shepherds representing the commoner of the day and the magi representing royalty, they speak to us that everyone from a prince to a pauper has a place at the feet of Jesus. They don't account for the hundreds or the thousands or perhaps the hundreds of thousands of people who came into contact with this baby born in a manger who grew up through his lifetime never recognizing or realizing exactly who he really was. That he was a savior born to take away the sins of the world. It's funny that some of the same characteristics associated with that very first Christmas uh, are also characteristics that are associated with our own Christmas celebrations. They were a part of that first Christmas night. Caesar Augustus had issued a decree that every man should return to his city to be taxed. And what was a normally quiet little town was now bustling with activity. There were travelers who were coming and going. There were merchants who were working hard to capitalize on the opportunity for an unusual amount of revenue that this census had afforded them. And I'm not sure if Bethlehem had a souvenir shop or not, but man, if they did, I know it was pumping. 
Families were no doubt reunited as they all had to return to their, their native lands and their, there were parties to attend, there were gatherings to go to. And they may have heard some commotion down the road. They may have seen some unusual activity going on around that cattle stall, but they didn't really think much of it. But the truth was that they were in very close proximity to salvation. And they didn't even know it. The Pharisee stood face to face with salvation. And as a people, they didn't even realize it. The Sadducee stood and debated the law with salvation. And they didn't even recognize him. And so it would be for the balance of Jesus' life, there would always be people around him who had no idea who he really was. They didn't accept him as such. They wouldn't receive him as such. All that they knew about him was that he was the son of a carpenter and the offspring of a scandalous situation. But they didn't know or understand him to be the light of the world. They never knew that they were standing in the presence of the salvation of the world. John the Baptist knew it because he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Peter knew it because he said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. John knew it. Paul learned it. The Samaritan woman found it out, as did many others, but there were so many even then who were not even aware of the significance of the season in which they lived. They didn't know the times. They didn't understand the hour. And the season in which those closest to Jesus lived was one in which the harshest famine mankind had ever known was in full effect. And that was a spiritual famine. Because the word says in Galatians chapter 4 that when the fullness of time had come. In other words, when the foulness of humanity had reached its apex. When sin was rampant. God sent his son. That through him we might be saved. The season in which those who witnessed Jesus' birth and those who walked with Jesus as he lived was a season of the supply of that famine, however. A season of prosperity. A season of blessing. For Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am living water. What Jesus was doing there in that moment was declaring to them, hey, it's been spiritually dark. It's been a famous situation here for you spiritually but that season is over the bread of life and the living water is now here you don't have to hunger anymore you don't have to thirst because I'm here to satisfy the need and in 1984 the question was asked to draw attention to the famine in Ethiopia Today, church, I ask you the same question. 
not to draw attention to the famine in Ethiopia or any place on this earth physically speaking, but to call attention to the spiritual famine that takes place all around us on a daily basis. Do they know that salvation has been born into this world? Do they know, do they understand that it's Christmas time at all? Are they aware that we live in the season of supply for their spiritual famine? Do they know that they don't have to live in brokenness? Are they aware that the bread of life is available to them today through Jesus Christ? Do they know that he's as close as the mention of his name? Do they know, as the Word says in Romans chapter 10, that the Word is near to them? It is in their mouth and in their heart. That is the message concerning the faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Do they know? Do they know? Do they know that this Christmas we celebrate is the supply for the greatest famine that mankind has ever known? I owed a debt I could not pay. Let me restart that. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone wash my sin away church we celebrate not because the calendar has turned to December not because there are marketing ploys and special incentives to get you in the store to buy copious amounts of things that you or nobody else in your household needs. But we celebrate today because hope is born. There are so many in our world today who love the presents that we exchange. And they never stop to consider that we exchange those gifts to one another to commemorate the greatest gift that has ever been given and that is that God so loved this world that He gave His only begotten Son. They love our lights. They, they love the way they twinkle and shine. But they love our tree and all its grandeur. But they don't realize that we hang lights on our tree to commemorate the fact that the light of the world hung on a tree for you and I. And while that old rugged cross may be despised by the world, it holds a wondrous attraction to me. Oh yeah, they love our Christmas, but far too many don't know our Christ. Friends, let us pray. Let us pray that there would be an awakening in our land. That there would be a revelation of the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. That there would be stricken in the hearts of every man and woman during this most blessed season of an awareness that hope is born and his name is Jesus. That salvation has come to the world and no longer is it necessary for man to abide in their brokenness.
awakening in our own hearts. Let there be an awakening in our hearts. Let there be an awakening in the hearts of our friends and neighbors. It is evidenced. I said at the beginning of this message that we had some of Greenville's finest in our house with us today and you applauded. And I think it's very necessary that they be here today. But the shame of it is that it's very necessary that they be here with us today. Church, this world needs Jesus. They don't need another Christmas party. Another Santa Claus. They need Jesus. It's evidenced all across this land right now that there are so many who live with no awareness of what Christmas really means. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.